Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake with you broadcasting from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Across the glass from me producing today is the one and only Austin Horton and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson. The one, the only Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. I talked with someone today who paid you a compliment. Uh-oh. Really? Yeah. Okay, well well you've got my attention. <laughs> my favorite he topic, said, it's me. He said he likes the way we disagree. Okay. All right, I'll take that as a compliment. Absolutely. And uh I said, well, and I said, why is that? And he said because you guys can disagree and not be, you know, hitting each other over the head. And I said, have you heard the incriminating audio I've had to do. <laughs> we do hit each other over the head in that manner every once in a yeah. while. Uh, well, but no, what, I, what do you expect from someone who always roots against his friend's teams? Well, exactly. I, I will say this, Gordon, that uh, that I 100% take that as as a really nice compliment for, uh, for our show. Because I, I think you and I have been able to communicate that way, even when we don't agree... Uh, uh, that way for a long time and, and remain, you know, not only good coworkers, but great friends. So I, I, I do think that that is missing in society a little bit. So I'm, I'm glad that we can have that with our show. If we asked our listeners of all the shows on the station, who, which, which partnership hates each other the most? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us hate each other. I know. I know. This yeah, is the only show where one host says constantly, I hate you guys. So. That is true. No, no that? words from little, the incriminated. Little, no, a little theater there. That's all. I just, you know, I, mean, I don't really think anybody hates each other. <laughs> but I, I, I think that part of our show, I'm glad it's existed these last few months, even though we, we have. We've had some trying discussions. Uh, I'm glad that continues to be, I don't know, an avenue to hear multiple opinions. I, th- I think that's valuable in society. Well, I told, I told him, I said, look, uh, Jake and I, we love each other. We can't, neither one of us can stand Austin. But other than that, you know, we all get along really well. <laughs> other than that, things are good. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Austin. Really. Oh, man. Well, hey, I, I appreciate you starting off the show like that because I'm in a terrible mood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's really I, great. I can guess at what might be prompting you or pushing you into that bad mood, but... Uh, 
You want to give us a hint? A, a column I just read on SLTrip.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything I can do to help, just let me know. <laughs> just just got through a, a really, a really something column online. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to serve. That's what I do. Oh man! So now I'm 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 just bummed about college football. I love I love college football. I love the NBA. I love all the sports we talk about. But my my first sports passion really has always been college football, and uh, seeing what's happened today. You know, regardless of of where you are on whatever topic, nobody wants to see this. You know, we can all find common ground on that. That nobody's taking any sort of pleasure with there not being college football in certain leagues uh, this fall. It's a, it's a big part of a lot of people's lives. It's a big part of uh, the community. And uh, not happening in the fall is going to have some pretty significant effects. And, and uh, not to mention, people are just going to miss the distraction, and that's a bummer. I wonder how much of it is really successfully going to be pushed this spring. You know, because that's what a lot of these conferences are saying. That's their goal. That's what they want to do. But you and I talked about it a bit yesterday. How difficult will that be under a best-case scenario? Right. And and it's – I don't know how it's all going to work out, but – Certainly far from a given, right? I mean, it's certainly far from, all right, guys, just, you know, hold the phone a little bit more. Football's coming. I'm not assured of that for a variety of reasons. Or, Jake, is it just a matter of hanging some hope out there for people that, uh, hey, don't give up on it. Uh, You might have to wait a few more months, but uh, we're going to get around to it. Or do do you think it's disingenuous? I guess that's the question. Mm. <laughs> wow, right out of the gate with the questions. Um, yeah, I, I think it's somewhat disingenuous. Somewhat. I don't know. Maybe it's some like like uh, uh, um, athletic director Hart, John Hartwell. I almost called him Scott Barnes. Uh, it'd be like that'd be going back in time, wouldn't it? John Hartwell was on the station today, and he's he he painted a rosy picture because he he's he said he's an eternal optimist. Okay, so I don't think that's necessarily disingenuous, but maybe a bit, <laughs> maybe a bit, I don't want to say naive. Maybe maybe he's highlighting that portion of the situation because that's what he wants to believe, like a, yeah. like a confirmation bias type of thing. I don't know. So I don't want to necessarily call that disingenuous, but do I, do I think that if you, you got right down to it with these, uh, you know, well, the hard part, I almost called them decision makers, Gordon, but the hard part is the, the athletic directors are not the decision makers, you know, but I bet if you got at the heart of it, they, they wouldn't quite be so optimistic. Let me veer off off the road here for just a second and ask you, do you think that optimistic people, I mean, is it better to be optimistic even if you're being foolhardy in your optimism? <laughs> Out there, there is no, a yeah. question with some depth right there. Well, you know, that's what, I mean, some people just are optimistic. That's what, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Wait a minute. It, it, there's a good chance it won't happen. You mean but like is it better? playing is it a better song as the Titanic sinks? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, is it better to be optimistic? No. Even when you're being unrealistic? No. I, you're asking me a really complicated question because I think that I'm somewhat cynical on the micro but somewhat optimistic on the macro. And Hard it's, explain. Uh, just my overall view of society I feel like is is a pretty like 
on the whole, we want to love one another and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But then there's this part of me that thinks that uh, who is the guy who lo- who wrote uh, Lord of the Flies? Uh, oh, uh, man. Uh, I keep wanting to say Sir Joseph Conrad, but I don't think that's it. That's Heart of Darkness. But anyway. uh, Golding. Golding. William Golding. William Golding. Part of me thinks like on the macro, or excuse me, on the micro, on like a daily interaction kind of thing, everyone's evil. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's self-serving. Everyone's out for themselves. Yeah, but then, you know, on the whole, I feel like, you you know, we're, we're trying to do the right thing. So it's a complex <laughs> view of the world. Wait a minute. <laughs> so if individuals are all somewhat evil, how can the conglomerate be good? Uh, let's see. Societies aren't, but people are. Maybe something like that. Or certain societies aren't, but most people are. Or how about how about that, most that people sounds- on the micro, most people are good. But uh, there's there's some not so in there, and it would be foolhardy to ignore that. It seems that seems illogical to some extent. Well, everything uh, about my life is illogical. You just got to follow <laughs> along. I'll explain it to you. You know, I I, I think I can come along with you on some of that, because my experience has been through the years that there are a lot of good people in the world who are kind of selfish, but it doesn't make them not good. I mean, because a lot of times they'll come, they'll rise to the occasion. It makes them flawed, which everybody is. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe everyone's flawed in that way, and everyone is fighting that battle to try and overcome that. Uh, I don't know. I didn't mean to get off in that direction, but when we talk about these things, sometimes I wonder about the comprehensive way of viewing it as opposed to just our small little sliver of sports. Right. Well, let's let's. That was an entertaining diversion, actually, Gordon. Thank you for that mental exercise. That was good. Should we get where, to where the? Do, where do we think Austin falls in that uh, on that spectrum? Oh, Austin thinks everybody's terrible and out to get him at all times. <laughs> my, my, my my whole philosophy is no one's got time to pretend everything's okay. All right, there you go. We got to move on. When things are bad, you got to face it and, and make decisions. Not la 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 zippity doo da. No, it's all everything's okay. No. Right. And so what you're saying there is that being realistic is not necessarily being negative. Correct. It's being realistic. It's being a good leader. Except yeah. what is realism? You're just looking at it through your own negative or positive lens. <laughs> what your definition of real is not necessarily mine. So why should I have to to buckle to your realism? Uh, if a tornado tears through this building again today on the anniversary, is that uh, good? Is there a good positive uh, message there? Or is that realistic right. for me to say, no, that's not good? Wow, is today the day the tornado hit? I think so. Oh, it was yesterday, I, I believe. Was in June oh. or no, no, no. I think it was, it was yesterday. August? Yeah, it was definitely August. Because I wasn't here, actually. I was on vacation. Would you rather that today than college football be canceled? A tornado as opposed to like a natural disaster? <laughs> Send us your open to... mics of things you'd rather have happen than college football be canceled. Are we talking about the tornado that had like pieces of plywood sticking in the walls of the arena? That, that hit the building I'm currently in now. Where yeah. we're standing. Yeah, now. right. Yeah, but, which, which, but that was like. Uh, that was right before Scott Layden left. It was right after Scott Layden left, right? Uh, I don't remember. 
Absolutely. You know what? I'll tell you what year. Time ago. I'll tell you what year it was because I think it was the year I graduated high school. It was 1999. August 11th, 1999. Yeah. Wow. That's today. Okay, let's. We need to get to the news of the day because we've got a press conference coming up at two thirty. We're going to air, and we might as well set it up with our opinions on the matter. Uh, Austin, let's get to it. Okay. Didn't know we cared today. Hold on. Two guys, two topics, two two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. I asked uh, President Thrasher and um, and Coach about, hey, if some of these other conferences shut down, can we welcome their players to the state of Florida? <laughs> Not exactly sure how the NCAA rules work on that, but I can tell you, if there's a way, you know, we, wanna, we want you guys to be able to play as well. All right, Gordon, uh, right on time, right on schedule. Literally 60 seconds ago, the Pac-12 has made this announcement. The Pac-12 CEO group voted unanimously to postpone all sport competitions through the end of the 2020 calendar year. This is a long statement, by the way. Uh, I'll just get to the the next paragraph. The decision was made after consultation with athletics directors and with the Pac-12 COVID-19 Medical Advisory Committee, who expressed concern with moving forward with with contact practice. The report and updated guidelines of the committee can be found here. Uh, with a link there, and a full list of committee members can be found here. The conference also announced uh, uh, that when conditions improve, it would consider a return to competition for impacted spots after January 1st, 2021. Mm-hmm. Yep. There it is. Everyone expected that. And uh, the, the Big Ten obviously had moved in that direction earlier, and those two conferences seem to be linked up. Uh, yeah, okay. And they're big conferences. They're important conferences. And we'll see what the other Power Fives do now. But uh, not looking too good. I think uh, at least two of the, of the remaining three are going to give it a go. Or at least the not ACC, announce now. Who was it from the ACC who an, an anonymous source said that they were, they were pretty positive that uh, they were going to forge ahead? But uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll uh, we'll see. I I don't like the decision. I don't uh, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think I think a lot of things could have been different in the lead up to this. I don't think the right priorities are being made by any means. And I know you you disagree with me on that, but I don't think this is about the safety of the athlete. Well, I am. I am, I do agree with you. I do make room for the potential for the reason being liability as opposed to the welfare of the student-athlete, even though that's what everybody says. But with this, uh, with these cases, <coughs> excuse me, with these cases that have broken out in the Big Ten of players who have suffered COVID-19, who have it affecting their heart, uh, that's a real area of concern. And I think that is driving a lot of the postponement. Uh, I think that might be the excuse they're using. I've seen multiple doctors out there who've talked about how that's a risk with any sort of respiratory disease, and that's been around for a long, long time. But it's just been paraded just, out as an but, excuse no, to do well, this. I know, but if it's there, if it's there and this increases that uh, the chance, then it also increases the chances of uh, being held liable for it. Well, I mean, I guess the point is it's always been there. 
And then the point from there is, we, since this is a novel coronavirus, as we know, we don't know for sure what the long-term effects are. And I, right. I get into the, the hypocrisy of now you're caring about long-term effects with, with football players? You're picking, no, you're certainly picking now caring, to do they're it? They're caring about being sued for millions of dollars. Right. Well, I, you know, far be it to, uh, from me to say you get the lawyers out of the room. But I, I don't think they are looking out for the best interest in their student-athletes, and they, I think that they should be. So you think they should have canceled the season because or postponed the season for the welfare of the student athletes? No, I think they should play for the welfare of the student athletes. I, <laughs> I think know. they should. I, I think <laughs> I think they should gear it up, get the means necessary down there on the ground, and make it happen. And somebody needed to show some leadership on how to do that, and we're we're obviously seeing that lacking. I, I find it interesting that the Pac-12 is the first in line behind the Big Ten. Uh, convenient to get a little political cover there. Well, I th- I th- as I said, I think those two conferences are linked up a little bit. For what but, reason? Oh, it just feels like you're alluding to something bigger. No, not 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 necessarily anything like that. I I just think that uh, they they try to mirror each other a little bit. But uh, it's it's uh, yeah. They, whatever the reasons are, they decided to do it. And I think the overall effect is a good one because I think there is risk that you don't think exists. And I think ignoring that risk is dangerous. What about the, the doctors the ACC are talking to who says uh, that the the risk can be mitigated? Well, the guy, it, it, doctor it reminds from the, me, it, the, that reminds me of the patient that goes from doctor to doctor until they find a doctor that says what they want to hear. Well, how do you know the Pac-12 is not doing that? Well, it might be. I, I'm, I'm not. I, you know, I, I made it through about uh, two and a half years of med school, but that's as far as I got. So, I, I read uh, Scotty retweeted this today. Uh, uh, a doctor from the Mayo Clinic. Yeah, I saw it. Which last I I checked was a, a pretty reputable institution who is not connected in any way, shape, or form to college sports, and. Well, at least it contradicted the information that the Pac-12 was uh, their their doctors were using. Right, but the Pac-12 has a bunch of doctors that are pretty capable doctors, and so does so, so does the Big Ten. So does and the ACC. If you, go, if you go through and read their statements, unless they are just bald-faced liars, they are saying that their medical advisors are telling them not to have the season, to postpone the season. And last time I checked, when you look at the Pac-12 and some of the some of the medical schools involved in that, it's a fairly impressive list. Duke's not so, bad I mean, either. You you can find you can I guess you can find a doctor that ultimately you have to listen to the doctor you believe the best the most. Okay, and since I don't personally know any of these people, how am I supposed to disseminate it then? And I I'm asking that question because the truth is people just choose to listen to who they agree with. Either that or they choose to listen to the people who they most believe. <laughs> well, I don't think that's mutually exclusive, unfortunately, in most cases. Well, uh, it, it depends on how how cynical you want to be, you know. Well, here I am getting back to the, the, the beginning part of this uh <laughs> the beginning part of this segment. Yeah. All right, let's get out to the uh, zone phone. Joining us now, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. What's going on, Andrew? 
Hey, how you guys doing? We are doing great and uh, glad you're on board today to help out our listeners with their relationships. Yes, we are. Uh, guys have heard us talk about erectile dysfunction, uh, kind of a sensitive subject. There's so many people that kind of shy away from, uh, you know, from talking about it. It's embarrassing. Our treatment, though, I believe, takes some of the negatives out of treating ED. Uh, it's not a pill. It's not injections. It's not surgery. It's called acoustic wave therapy. And what happens as all of us men age is our blood vessels, which are already tiny, they harden up. And that does not allow them to expand when the timing is right in the bedroom, and that causes ED. Uh, the acoustic wave therapy that we use is clinically shown to soften those blood vessels, break everything up, and even regrow blood vessels. So we see the normal blood flow come back, natural function. You can now put a stop to your erectile dysfunction, and you can do it without any medication or side effects. All right, the number 801-901-8000. You mentioned those side effects. Uh, I can't believe that uh, some guys put up with those for as long, uh, as, long as they do. Oh, they really do. Uh, two weeks ago, we had a guy leave a review for us on Google, uh, and he talked all about you know the headaches, the blurred vision. And he says in his review, I was skeptical to say the least <laughs> you know, initially, but after four treatments, he's finally able to be intimate with his wife without any medication and not have to deal with those side effects and those headaches the next day. 801-901-8000, you're going to want to get on the calendar because uh, you uh, always do a lot for our listeners, Andrew. We do. We try to build a ton of value. We know this is a sensitive subject. We want to have you analyzed by a medical doctor. That will be a consultation. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound and check for damaged blood vessels. Uh, it's totally free. There's no obligation. There's no sales pitch. You can come in, get the information. You decide from there. Uh, that's free. Plus, we're still doing the little special gift that has been hugely popular. People ask me about this in the parking lot, like I'm carrying it around in my car. It produces instant results in the bedroom. It's free to those that call now as well. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. All right, we'll have more coming up next. We'll get that Pac-12 press conference for you straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. show we'll get to band of the day coming up momentarily let's go to the pac-12 pe press conference getting underway now recorded and we will distribute to all media post uh, post webinar at this time i'd like to turn it over to ashley and yogi all right, Dave, thank you so much. And a reminder that this is also streaming live on um, pack-12.com and Pac-12 Network right now. So hello to all of you watching. Commissioner Scott, we'll start with you. Um, obviously, a lot of detail in the press release that just went out, but can you kind of give us a big picture summary of the vote this morning and, and what all went into the decision to postpone sports through the end of the calendar year? Uh, yes, thank you. And thank you for those that are joining us here today. This was an extremely difficult and painful decision that we know will have important impacts on our student athletes, coaches, administrators, and our fans. And I know nothing that we can say will ease some of that disappointment, especially uh, for some of our seniors. But we're here today to announce the Pac-12 CEO group has decided to postpone all sport competition through the end of the 2020 calendar year. This decision was made after consultation with athletics directors, our coaches, 
football working groups, and with the Pac-12 COVID-19 Medical Advisory Committee, who expressed concern with moving forward with contact practice. After reviewing all the data and considering the alternatives, and having already delayed the start of our season and compressed our season, the CEO group was unanimous that this result, that this result and this decision uh, was necessary. Um, there were many aspects that were considered that fellow panelists will talk about uh, today, but you know, student athletes, you know, are not. We cannot bubble our student athletes uh, like pro sports can. We're part of broader campus communities. Student athletes are living with peer students um, on campus, uh, interacting, and um, uh, for the reasons that will be identified on here, you know, enough questions and concerns uh, had been raised that uh, and, and answers we need, more time we need, that we didn't feel comfortable uh, moving forward. The health, safety, and well-being of our student athletes and all those connected to Pac-12 sports has from day one uh, been our top, top priority. And uh, that was the top priority today. Our student, the student athletes that will be impacted by this, I want to be clear, are going to have their scholarships guaranteed. Uh, and we're going to strongly encourage the NCA uh, to support that with some of their upcoming decisions as well when it comes to eligibility, time to complete uh, degrees, uh, and other related academic issues. And so with that, President Schill, I'd like to, to talk to you about, you know, you're the chair of the CEO group from the outside 11 days ago, you know, CEOs sign off on a, a plan for the football season to start in late September, September 26. Can you walk us through kind of what happened, whether it was the last week and a half or, you know, in the months leading up to today, take us inside and, and tell us kind of how that decision changed? Well, you know, as Larry said, our number one consideration all the way through is the health and safety of our student athletes. And we have been talking, you know, ever since this nightmare began back in the um, late winter, early spring about what we would do and how we would approach this with regard to uh, intercollegiate athletics. And what we ended up uh, talking about in a really very good and collegial way, an inclusive way, we met with we met with students. We met with our uh, our ads constantly, our coaches, uh, with the medical advisory board. We listened to all of the views, and we determined, as as Larry indicated, that there's just too many questions. There's too much uncertainty right now uh, that we would feel comfortable. Uh, beginning contact sports. Uh, and so what we decided was that essentially what we would do is put a pause, basically, uh, you know, sit until uh, 2021, uh, and we'll constantly be reassessing the data. One of the things that's really important is that, you know, we are science-based, right? We are, we're academics. We are going to be looking at facts, not just opinions. And, and that's something uh, that, that we're deeply committed to. At the same time, um, as Larry uh, said, we, we fully understand that this has had, this has tremendous human impacts. We have students whose dream it was to play this year. Uh, and that dream, at least in the fall, is not going to happen. Uh, we have, you know, families, we have uh, coaches, uh, we have all sorts of people who are hoping that we'd be able to do this. And that's one of the reasons why uh, we delayed our decision until now, because we wanted to really give it the best shot uh, 
And but in the end, we looked at the, the recent cardiac evidence that Dr. Ackerman is going to talk about. We looked at uh, spread, which was increasing in some of our areas. We looked at government uh, directives. And we just said there's too many questions, too much uncertainty. So we will continue to assess and hopefully we'll be playing in the spring. And with that said, Dr. Ackerman, I want to follow up with you. It's been very clear since the beginning of this that the return to sports would be guided by the Medical Advisory Committee, a committee that you guide and you're a big part of. How did you get to the place in the agreement that it's not safe to move forward with the season, the timeline that we just referenced? Yeah, we've been fortunate. We've had, you know, 24 really dedicated physicians and infectious disease experts and, and more recently, um, some additional um, sports cardiology experts join our group. Um, and, and we've meet, you know, at least two hours a week and talk, and we've been doing that continuously for, for some time. The, you know, as we move closer towards the, the, date where we were to begin contact practice we were um you know really concerned with a couple items and one is that coronavirus is still very prevalent in many of our institutional communities and um, by metrics that are out there is not considered to be well controlled or uncontrolled at this time the other issue is that, that there is some emerging data and about some health risks um, that affect athletes and specifically the cardiac you know side effects of of potential covid infections that we don't know enough about and so we became more concerned about that and that's kind of how we began to start looking at you know how how can we make sure that we provide the safest opportunity, the safest environment for our student athletes to compete and to exercise when, when social distancing can no longer be maintained? Um, and we're essentially by going into a contact season, asking them right now to disregard a lot of the guidelines, both federally and locally from the health department and the CDC, to socially distance and, and physically distance to, to decrease the spread of this disease. And instead, you know, playing contact sports, we know is a condition where it's going to be higher risk of spread. Well said. And Ray, in your chair, you're around so many student athletes. I think about seniors, 50 year seniors going into this year. Um, how are you going to communicate to them what's going on? And what is, I know it's early, but what, what do you think the next step may be for your student athletes on campus? Well, we're going to gather with all of our student athletes and coaches to talk about where we are. More importantly, we hope to educate them even more uh, completely about the, the the steps that went into us finally getting here. All of us want to play sports. Every student athlete, you know, by the way, it's not just football. There's soccer and there's volleyball and there's cross country uh, and there's wrestling and there are other sports who are, are preparing now who will be impacted by this decision. Uh, but as uh, President Shiel and Commissioner uh, Scott said, from day one, uh, when this thing first broke back on, uh, uh, what was it, March 11th, uh, it was our duty to look to the health and safety of our student athletes. And we knew from the beginning, and particularly as we got educated along the way, that this virus was going to be very fluid. Uh, so we were going to be dictated uh, and really guided by the science and the medicine. Uh, so as it has moved along, we tried to uh, make adjustments, uh, to uh, change schedules, 
uh, make adjustments with workouts. We want to play in the worst way, but not at the risk of the health and safety. So with the inconsistencies uh, uh, in the, the virus and then with this additional information coming out that says you just don't have enough to make decisions, particularly going into contact sports with these young men and women to put them at risk. Uh, and as athletic directors and medical folks and uh, uh, presidents and chancellors and coaches uh, and office uh, commissioner uh, all the way down, we're just not going to do that. Now, we want to hold out hope that we have postponed, but we have not canceled. Uh, we're going to hold out hope that things will change and we will be able to go into competition. Uh, so as an athletic director in this conference, and speaking for my colleagues, we're very proud of the way we proceeded in this. And, and, I, and, I, and I do trust that our student athletes and our coaches and their families are, are confident that we have done this with their interests in mind from day one and will continue to do so, led by the science and the medicine uh, with the great input from Dr. Ackerman and others in this conference. You know, Ray, to follow up on that, I think there's a lot of people that would say that the heart of this is maybe a liability issue and that given the chance, there's plenty of student athletes who would gladly sign a liability waiver for a chance to play this season. Why, why isn't that an option? It's not an option because our responsibilities are not about liabilities. Our responsibility is about uh, accountability uh, to these student athletes and their families uh, short and long term. Uh, so we can't waive uh, our duties and obligation to protect them driven by the science and the medicine. Uh, we're not driven by lawyers who say, well, we'll relieve you of liability. Uh, that's not what floats the boat in this conference. So we have responsibilities and accountability. And so the science and the medicine says we cannot allow you to go forward right now. So we won't. Uh, there are a lot of I, I hear this talk about you know we'll we'll sign a light, we'll sign a waiver uh, we want to play so badly coaches talking about we've got to play well we don't have to play until it's safe and we can uh, literally guarantee the health and safety of our student athletes not just now but their lives going forward because we don't know the impacts going forward and until we have more clarity we're not going to go forward. That's where we are. So the liability thing, other folks can talk about that. We're about accountability and responsibility to our student athletes. Speaking of that, Commissioner Scott, I'm sure every athlete watching football, of course, is saying, all right, so are we going to play in the spring? And then do we play in the fall again? You know, what are the next steps towards potentially playing in 2021, one season, let alone a one full season and a shortened season? Well, we know the situation is going to, going to improve. We're optimistic, you know, when and how and when the conditions are right, that everyone feels comfortable moving to contact practice and then thinking about uh, season starting are really all que question marks at the moment. So like we've done every step along the way, Ray talked about, we're going to continue to monitor. We're going to continue to evaluate. And when the conditions improve, which we're confident they will, uh, then we're going to evaluate what we can do in terms of all sports, not just football. Uh, but it's clear, you know, based on the medical uh, advice recommended, we don't start with contact practice. Our ADs, football coaches, others came together and felt that we're not going to be able to start football and our fall Olympic sports on time as planned, which was already delayed September 26th. And it's important to give clarity 
to student athletes. This has been a time of great uncertainty and great anxiety uh, for everyone. So we also feel a responsibility based on all the trends that we've seen to try to give some of that certainty and clarity. And that's why we've said not before January 1st, so people can plan you know, emotionally, psychologically, as well as uh, physically. Um, and we've got a lot of work to do, and we don't have every question answered right now. So um, we're going to dig back in. Our athletics directors, football coaches, football working group, others, peers from other conferences, uh, to continue our scenario planning. All along, I think we said, you know, we've got scenario A, B, C, D, and E, and we moved from scenario A to scenario B uh, in July when we went to conference-only 10-game schedule, and now, you know, we're moving to an, another scenario. But what that looks like, uh, we've got more work to do. Uh, but know that as soon as we feel comfortable uh, and that it's, it's safer, and some of these questions are answered where we feel more comfortable, as soon as that's possible, we're going to want to play. And there obviously are a lot more questions. I know a lot of media members are standing by waiting to ask those questions. So last thing for me would be for you, Dr. Ackerman. You look at the news coming out of the other Power Five conferences, even this morning, and there's a lot of conflicting information. Obviously, the Big Ten arrived at the same conclusion that you all did, but the SEC and ACC are in, in a different boat as of right now. So I'd just love to ask how much information sharing or collaboration has taken place between the different medical advisory groups between the conferences and is there an explanation for why there could be so much disparity and how everyone is sort of interpreting the data right now well each of the you know power five conference medical groups did interact once a week for the last couple of months on on a working group and so there has been some discussion about um, the issues and concerns but you know I, I can't speak as to how they're going to deliberate and come to their final conclusions or, or thought processes what i can say is that um that that our infectious disease and public health doctors and sports cardiologists consultants as well as our physicians have have really taken a lot of time and, and effort in this thought process. We all would love to see sports as much as anyone else, but we want to see it done in, in a very safe manner. And it just became really evident to us that as we looked at the the prevalence of, of coronavirus in our communities of the Pac-12, as we looked at traveling and the logistics of some of our sports traveling commercially, and as we looked at um, making sure that, that um, we could stop the spread of coronavirus if somebody, either a staff member or an athlete, got it, that, uh, that, that once we started becoming more concerned about some of the side effects of, and some of the other health outcomes that we don't know what the short and long-term consequences are yet, that we felt that, that we have to shift to a, a, a mindset of not just trying to stop spread, but we need to be able to identify and remove anybody who has coronavirus right away. And, and that becomes incredibly difficult when you're in a community where the spread is not controlled um, or if it's not under, under some type of ability to mitigate it. Because our student athletes are our students and you know, they're gonna go to the grocery store, they're gonna go to restaurants, they're gonna interact with the community and we want them to. It's not appropriate to think that we can bubble them um, and isolate them um, and, and therefore we just, we felt that the, that it was just very, very difficult to try and do this in a, a way that we felt was safe enough for our student athletes that, that we would support.
All right, you're listening to the Pac-12 press conference. The Pac-12 fall sports have been canceled until 2021. You're listening to Larry Scott, Michael Schill, and Ray Anderson. Anderson, the AD at Arizona State, Schill, the president at Oregon. Let's go back to the press conference for questions. The burden of the responsibility to make that decision dealt with with you and the, you know, the fellow colleagues. We, we have been discussing it for months now, uh, you know, what we were going to be doing this year, and we, we all know each other quite well. And so the, it was, you know, people were sad uh, that, that we are unable to go forward with the season. People were looking forward to it, and not just because it, it's fun, but because of all the reasons why we support student-athletes. Uh, and, and so we, and we realized that this was going to be a big disappointment. So, but one of the things that we was very important was and has been important. I mean, the Pac-12, we view ourselves as, you know, a perhaps the most progressive of the conferences were, uh, we, we think ahead, we, we care deeply about the student experience and about student welfare. And, we're, and we always put that number one. And so we went into today's meeting, we all knew we were gonna to be together and we knew that we, we wanted it to be unanimous and, and it was unanimous. Um, and, and so there was no big drama, there were no fights, there were no disagreements. Probably the biggest disagreement that we had was over the wording of the press release. Uh, and then, and, 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 you know, should a the be an uh or something like that. <laughs> But we're all in this together and we all recognize, you know, when, when we're on the field, we're going to compete as hard as we can with each other. But when we're back in our offices and thinking about, you know, what we care about the most, we're together. I appreciate that sentiment. I know Yogi and I have already gone over our time. So we, uh, we thank the four of you for being here today. I know the media has a lot of questions. We will turn it back over to Dave Hirsch, uh, who will mediate that part of the session. But thank you to you all. All right, thanks, Ashley and Yogi. Uh, at this time, uh, we will take questions from the media. If you have a question, please select the raised hand icon on your screen to get uh, placed into the queue. Uh, up first, we'll go to Dennis Dodd. Dennis, your line's open. Dennis, you need to unmute your line. one more time for Dennis. Okay, we'll go to the next question. Uh, come from James Crepia. James, go ahead. Thank you for uh, President Schill, uh, Ray and Larry. If a football player or any player in the fall sports in particular, if they come to you, they ask you, what should I do right now? Are they obligated to, is there obligated team activities right now? What's next for them, regardless of what the Division One Council says tomorrow and decides on eligibility and opting out and all these things? What's next for an athlete at your schools or in your conference, Larry? Um, I can I can go first, and then others uh, can chime in. Um, you know, the uh, the student athletes are going to continue to receive their scholarship and uh, support from their universities. Each campus athletics director, athletics department uh, with coaches will decide exactly what that, that looks like, uh, but we are deeply committed 
uh, to continue to support our student athletes. I think technical answer is they'll be able to continue in the, in, in the 20 hours. It's permissive, uh, but I think all of our uh, uh, campuses and programs now need to go back and look at what's in the best interest of the student athletes in terms of supporting them. And I'll say, you know, in addition to what Larry said, uh, remember that the reason this takes place in universities is the, these are our student athletes are getting an education. And so this provides them with an opportunity to really focus even more on the classwork during this period, get ahead, and we will play again. Uh, the, but, you know, we, we feel very strongly that we want, we want to support our student athletes and we want each one of them to graduate with a degree from each of our schools. Okay, our next question, we'll go back to Dennis. Dennis, your line is open. All right, can you hear me okay? Go ahead. Okay, um, th this is for Ray. What, um, Ray, I just thought of this. What, what are the potential um, implications of teams coming, transferring, coming after your players and, and any players in the Pac-12 if comp there are conferences that are playing and you're not? Well, we, uh, we don't know if they're going to play uh, or not. What we uh, believe, Dennis, is we made the decision that's in the best interest of our student-athletes uh, in their experience. Uh, I think our coaches are very confident. Uh, our medical folks are very confident. Uh, our FARs are very confident. I think all of us are confident that we made a decision with our presidents and chancellors in the best interest of our student-athletes. Uh, and that will be appreciated because we will play again. Uh, and to the extent that uh, others think there is a, uh, an opportunity to uh, essentially uh, come uh, uh, recruit our players in, we would say, hey, uh, uh, have at it. Uh, we're not going to uh, change what's uh, important to us, which is protecting our student athletes worried about uh, uh, whether others want to come uh, and try to essentially entice our student athletes away. We think our student athletes will appreciate that we have done what is in their best interest, short and long-term, Dennis, uh, and we're going to continue to do that. All right, we'll pull out there. Uh, we'll roll on the rest, and if uh, if something uh, crucial pops up, we'll make sure our listeners have a chance to hear it. There was the Pac-12 press conference. You heard the Oregon president right there, the Arizona State Athletic Director, and, of course, Larry Scott canceling all sports for the fall of 2020 to be reassessed January 1st of 2021. Gordon, your reaction to uh, what we heard? Yeah, they said exactly what I expected to hear. There was nothing said that was uh, shocking in any way. They repeated themselves over and over again that their number one priority is the welfare of the student-athletes, and that's what we expected to hear from them. All right, uh, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt, uh, along with us today to help out our listeners with their love lives. What's going on, Andrew? Yeah, that's right. We are helping a lot of guys with a very sensitive subject that is erectile dysfunction and there are so many guys out there struggling i would say if there are listeners out there thinking wow i you know i'm probably the only one my age with ed i can promise you you're not it is so common and it can wreak havoc on a relationship it has a massive ripple effect on a guy's life he takes the pill sometimes in secret he takes supplements and he's dealing with headaches and a lot of stress now, our treatment, I think, is kind of the no-stress option. The reason I say that is because the acoustic wave therapy opens up and regrows blood vessels. 
So we're treating the root cause problem of ED, and then you don't have to take the pill. Uh, you don't have to pre-plan and stress about whether it will work or deal with any side effects. Uh, I don't think it's very common in the medical world to be able to say no reported side effects, but we truly can say that with acoustic wave therapy, we can put a stop to the ED and get the relationship back on track. Who's a good candidate for this, Andrew? I would say anybody that is feeling like things are not going so good in the bedroom, uh, even guys with health conditions, uh, that could be prostate issues or other things like that, they've seen success. So although there are some people that are not a good candidate, most are. If you've got some function in the bedroom left, it's not what it used to be. You are a very good candidate for this. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. If you get on that uh, schedule, Andrew, lots of good free stuff coming your way. There is a ton of free. We make it so easy to come in. And worst case, you will come away with a ton of information that you didn't have. You'll get your blood flow tested by an MD. Uh, Different than blood testing or, you know, blood draw, this is blood flow test. Critical that you do that. It's all for free to those that call and set up the consultation, plus a little special gift. It's a thank you for coming in. It produces instant results in the bedroom. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. All right, that number again, 801-901-8000. we got a little catch-up to do. We'll uh, react to what we heard coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today. It's a total request Tuesday. Uh, songs that reflect your current mood or your current emotional state. Tweet us at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Uh, this one selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Gordon, uh, couldn't think of a better song to sum up how I'm feeling right now than this one. Uh, just because of the defeat? Uh, I'm completely defeated. I left my phone at home today, and uh, well, I have it now. You I was see, like, yeah, I just no, saw you on it. I don't no, th- this is this is my day today. On top of college football, which I love, uh, being shut down in a couple of conferences. Uh, so I, I get here, Gordon. I go through security, I get my temperature tested, get on the freight elevator, which you're familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. And normally, uh, when I get on the ele- elevator, like other humans, I'll pull out my phone and see what's what on my way up, you know? And uh, as the, the big freight doors are, are closing, I feel in my pocket to no phone. But the good news is I was just in enough time that I couldn't open the doors back up and had to take a ride to the good old fifth floor. <laughs> Only to have to, you know, close the doors again, ride back down, drive home, and drive back to get here in time for the show. And on top of that, the other good news is I'm out of gas. So that's that's nice. And then, you know. So let me get this straight. You had to drive all the way home to get your phone? Yeah, I had the, you got the FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. Go home and get my phone. Well, it's a good thing that you are 
early the way you always are to give you enough time to do that. Yeah. So I'm just defeated. Although you did uh, pass along a nice compliment from a friend at the beginning of the show. That's about the only thing keeping me going. So thank that friend for me, will you? <laughs> okay. Okay, I will. Uh, we heard um, what we heard from the back Pac-12. I still think it's the uh, the uh, wrong decision. Uh, I didn't hear anything there to uh, to change my mind, only to frustrate me further. But you heard that. Uh, you heard what they had to say right there, Gordon. You, uh, you you stand a little bit differently on this matter than I do. But uh, it is what it is. It's not the the first time that I've been forced to eat an unpleasant sandwich. If you know what I'm getting at. I do know exactly what you're getting at. But, uh, you know, Jake, I I would think that you would be used to being wrong by now. No, no. Huh? I'm usually used to being right, and maybe that's why this is so frustrating. But, <laughs> you know, these these are the, the decisions made by the people whose job it is to make them. Um, I wish it would go differently. I wish the decisions were made by other people. I I don't particularly buy into the motivation or the, the justification being given here. I don't think the athlete's best interest is being taken to heart, but... There's nothing that they or I can do at this point. It's over. Well, I guess the only thing you can do is agree to disagree. But since they are in the position of power and you are in a position to have an opinion, uh, that's that's the way it goes. You know, so you're just going to have to do your best to get by. I saw that uh, one of our one of our guests that's coming up, Kevin Graham, who has spent a lot of time around the Big Ten and covering college football. I'm interested to hear what Kevin is going to say about these decisions. But I saw that he sent out a tweet essentially saying, will someone please give me some suggestions as to what I can do on Saturdays in the fall? I saw somewhere where the NFL, if they're going to play, they said that if college isn't going to play, then they'll play their games on Saturday too. Yeah, so that, maybe, which is even worse news for college football because then they'll be even less relevant. So that's terrific. <laughs> yeah, but that shouldn't affect you. You should be able to enjoy football of uh, whatever kind, the health of a superior of, brand. And I mean this in all seriousness. The health of the sport matters. The health yeah, of the sport took a big it, it, hit it, it, today. Yeah, but it'll survive. It'll survive this. Come on. You know, my, my wife tells me this all the time, and I'm not kidding because she'll be telling me uh, what's best for me. And I'll tell her, you know, I survived for a really long time before I met you. And she says, <laughs> you know, there's a big difference between survive and thrive, right? Well, I think it'll go back to thriving. I, uh, what, why wouldn't you think that way? Even if they don't, they're, they're talking about pushing it back to the spring. Even if that is uh, deemed untenable, undoable, uh, okay, they'll play next year. I who mean, will who will play they, next year? College football games will be played. Well, college year. football might. Yeah, may, that might happen. So, so who are you worried about? The other sports that won't play? You think athletic departments can just take a year off from income and be fine? Well, it's happened before. When? 1943. When a number of major conferences, big conferences, didn't play football because of World War II. And that was a completely different world and landscape than it is now. Well, it was still important. Money was important back then, too. But the, that per, sports weren't generating uh, that kind of money. They didn't have the, let's just say they didn't have the overhead back then that they do now. They didn't, but they had, they filled stadiums. I mean, there were, 
it was it wasn't the dollar figures of today, but take inflation out of all that, and it was just, it was a decent amount of money that was being generated. Or not generated in that case. All right, Hans Olsen is going to join us next. Uh, speaking of Kevin Graham, he's going to be on with us at 4.30. Our friend Keith Smith will be on uh, with us at 4. And then Bowler makes his weekly visit at 5. Stay tuned. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.